Welcome to The World on Fire. I'm your host, Greg Wilpert. Argentina experienced a political earthquake on November 19th when the right-wing TV commentator and libertarian economist Javier Millet won Argentina's presidency with 56% of the vote. Millet could be considered a populist in the mold of Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro or the U.S.'s own Donald Trump. He has promised to privatize practically all government services and also to dollarize the economy, among many other things. Joining me now from Buenos Aires to make sense of what happened in Argentina on Sunday, November 19, is Atulio Baron. He's an Argentine social scientist and the author of numerous books on neoliberalism, imperialism, and uh, geopolitics. And he's also Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Buenos Aires. Thanks for joining me today, Atilio. It's a pleasure to see with you here. So Argentina has historically gone back and forth, really, between kind of a right-wing uh, neoliberal Peronism and um, then also a more progressive or uh, center-left Peronism, uh, representing basically the former president of Argentina, Juan uh, Perón. Um, but uh, currently, um, the election of Javier Millet seems to have represented a definitive break from the dominance of these Peronist parties. Now, how did that happen? And why did so many Argentines vote for someone so extreme, who seems kind of crazy, both in terms of his political pro uh, proposals and also in terms of his personality? Well, you know, I think that one crucial factor to understand this situation is the poor economic performance of the present government of Alberto Fernandez, which failed to control inflation, which is in this moment, at the end of the year, the estimation is about 190% inflation rate for all the whole 2023, and um, very, very sharp decrease in the real wages in the real wages and salaries of the, the, most of the population. So, uh, people really wanted a change. And uh, Mr. Massa, Sergio Massa, which did a very good uh, political campaign, but was not able to convince large part of this electorate that his promise that he will stop inflation and uh, recreate an, a, a more stable <clears throat> economic environment was not believed by the people because for a very simple reason he is still is today <clears throat> I'm sorry the minister of the economy so many people say okay if you know what to do how to do it do it now don't expect uh, don't wait until you are elected president and then we will see what happened do it now so to some extent Massa was seen as the continuation of the present government. And he was, in fact, a continuation with some new features, okay, because he was is not really a Peronista. Uh, but on the other hand, you have that most of the population wanted a change, no matter what the change meant, okay? They wanted something had to be changed. I want to make clear this, because there is a, a, a mistaken, uh, uh, analysis which says that 56% of the Argentine population went fascist. Uh, this is not true. Most of the people who voted, I would say the overwhelming majority of the people who voted for Millet, just wanted 
to keep inflation low, to increase their real wages, to increase the security, uh, you see, citizen security in, in the slums and in the, in the poor neighborhoods of, of the greater Buenos Aires area. And that's all. They have nothing to do with this fancy idea, crazy idea. You know, uh, Millet um, revived some of the sayings of Adolf Hitler when Hitler talked about the, uh, the um, uh, superiority in terms of, 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 the, of, the, of the white race. Okay, and he, uh, Millet said that we are aesthetically superior to the left wingers or to the collectivists or the communist, Marxist, feminist. You know, he has a lot of uh, people who are absolutely blackmailed as the worst thing that uh, happened in Argentina. People didn't vote for that, they just wanted a change. Massa did not offer a, 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 a likely change in the economic situation. Millet has all this gesticulation, the strong face. He was the angry man who went with a chainsaw, you know, to, to demolish the central bank and to uh, fire all the hundreds of thousands of people working in the state, which were not working at all, according to him. And of course, people voted for him, that's all. But uh, his ideas are absolutely impossible to carry out in, in, in the practice. This is no question on that. And um, so and now who is Javier Millet and what can we expect from him? I mean, uh, as you mentioned, a number of his policies, they seem very extreme. Uh, he says of himself that he's a libertarian. How many of his far right ideas and libertarian ideas do you think he will be able to implement? And so what do you think uh, will happen? He wants to uh, demolish, uh, to explode the central bank. That will be the first country, in the, uh, except for Monaco, you know, and a, a few islands in the Pacific, without a central bank. But of course, Monaco is part, in, in practical terms, of the French economy, and they use the, the euro. Uh, that cannot be done. Secondly, he said that the major uh, the, the, of the goal of his policy will be to achieve fiscal equilibrium and the state will not spend one penny more than the, the uh, budget which is uh, likely to be raised with taxes and so on. This is impossible. Most of the country, most of the country, run on a basis of some fiscal deficit. Even Ken, um, uh, uh, Keynes, Keynes made you know all this elaboration about the virtues of fiscal deficit to promote economic development. He said that no fiscal deficit, zero deficit. Okay, and for instance, in order to do that, he said that. He will not pay the uh, aguinaldo, as we say. I don't know this. Uh, is the thir thirteen uh, the end of year bonuses? End of year bonus, which has been a historical conquest of the laboring classes in Argentina since the late forties. Can you imagine? And and this is part of the basic compensation for uh, salaries which, uh, and wages which are going down the drain. And he said, I will not pay that. Uh, well, that is ridiculous because this will create a, an enormous social explosion. Uh, the same, he says, there is no money in the state, and of course, all the public works which are already in execution, which are already uh, unfinished, 
will be stopped. And when people say, well, but uh, we need seaweed and we need fresh water and we need the pipes to load, so that's a problem of the major, the intendentes, as we call in Argentina, the local authorities. They will have to talk to the private guys which are in their locality and see who is interested in doing business with all the sewages and the freshwater pipelines and all that. So this is ridiculous ideas which have no sense. I, I, I must tell you, Greg, that he has zero experience, zero, okay? Not only as a public administrator, but also as an entrepreneur. Here is the guy who the only thing he has done has been writing books in which there is a lot of plagiarism, by the way, there are the nonsense of plagiarism in the books. And he has no idea, for instance, of the prices. If you ask him, okay, how, how much is the one kilo of meat today in Argentina? He has no idea. You know, uh, how, how is the value of the one liter of, of, of milk? No idea. And, uh, and when the journalist reacted, oh, did, are you planning to run the country and you don't know some basic thing? For instance, the, 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 the transportation ticket in, in urban Buenos Aires. No idea. And he said, no, because all these shoppings are done by my sister. Eh? Uh, he's a single, uh, he lives with his sister. Okay, so I, I have no idea. What he has in, in his head is an Excel sheet, okay, worksheet, an Excel worksheet, and looking at that, he said, well, we need a, a fiscal equilibrium, we will uh, uh, stop spending money in science and technology, no more uh, free univer university, we are going to privatize the public university, we have 57 uh, public universities in Argentina, he wants to uh, privatize all of them or introduce a fee which cannot be paid by, you know. We, we have 50% of the population living under the poverty line. And there are people which are among the poor, which because of this great development of local universities are attending the university because they are, they are, the universities are free. But if you impose now a fee, okay, to, to register in one of those uh, public universities, most of those people won't be able to pay. So the ideas he has uh, for it are also, well, if you have a problem uh, with your salary, you can always sell one of your your lamps. Eh? You, you, you can live, you have two, okay? The kidneys, you have two kidneys, just sell one. Uh, he, he, he also argued that, bueno, organ trafficking should is a market and should not be interfered with with the state. Uh, if somebody decided to to send a, a lump, he he should be able to say, and the state has nothing to do with that. So that's a lot of crazy ideas. And of course, I think that this is very very difficult to to carry out in the practice. Uh, why do you think that's so difficult? For, I mean, I mean, I, in terms of practice, of course, there's the <laughs> obstacles in terms of the, the population accepting it and, and of, of just whether it works, but also what's the political situation in the Congress? Uh, I mean, uh, will he have any kind of support? What kind of support will he enjoy there? Well, he doesn't have a single governor in a country in which governors are very, very strong. He doesn't have a single major 
in all the country, okay? In the Congress, he, uh, his block is a minority, okay? But the traditional right, led by Mr. Mauricio Macri, could support a few of those decisions, but very, very difficultly, he will get the support, for instance, to the abolition of the central bank. Among other things, because that it would imply a constitutional reform in which you need to have two thirds of the members of the Congress supporting the decision. So he, that would be very blah, blah, blah. He would talk about all things, making gestures and so on. But in, ter in real terms, it will be very difficult. But a few of those decisions will be uh, carried out, okay? For instance, um, I am very much afraid about the privatization of the pension funds, which in Argentina is a very significant part of the, uh, the national income. Why I say this? Because we have, uh, for the population over 65 or 70 years, 70 if you are male, 65 if you are uh, woman, 93% uh, of that population today is assisted with some kind of pension or jubilación, as we say here in Argentina. And this is a, a huge business, okay, very, very profitable business. It doesn't work because look at the, the Chilean experience. The Chilean experience shows that it is, has been a real failure, okay, and most of the problems which erupted in October, uh, uh, in Chile in October 2018 or 2019, were in part due to the fact that people started to go to the this pension fund and then receive only one fraction of what they expected. So, and even there are documents of the World Bank saying that the system is not working as it should and that uh, state pension funds are better, more reliable than Private. So, but, but there are enormous interest groups surrounding Mr. Uh, Mr. Macri, which is the really mastermind behind all this, uh, using the figure of, of Millet. But Macri, what wants is some of these big chunks of the Argentine economy, for instance, the pension system or the oil, the state oil company, which is very profitable these days because of the new discoveries of oil and gas reserves in the Argentine South. So I think that some changes will take place, not without very strong popular resistance, uh, because people really have a sense that we have already tried this medicine in the past, in the years of Menem, and we know what happened, okay, with the privatization of uh, the state oil company in which practically there was really just a, 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 what can I say, a, a question of robbing all our assets and not making any real investment. When the company was uh, rec recovered by the state and they made more, more investment, they discovered this huge uh, Vaca Muerta oil field and uh, that means that really uh, will be very, very against the current and against the public opinion, try to go back to a privatization scheme once again. Now, it seems like uh, Argentines had a very difficult choice between Messe, uh, Millet and uh, Massa. 
Um, I mean, one person representing this right-wing libertarianism and the other one representing an economic failure, essentially. How did it come to that? I mean, what happened to other forces, in, uh, particularly progressive forces, let's say? Why weren't they able to um, present a, a, a coherent alternative? Well, it was very, very difficult, okay, because uh, uh, when you have the threat of an extreme right, uh, like uh, Mr. Millet, then people try to rally around some which present a more or less palatable alternative. And uh, even if I didn't like the, the policies of Mr. Massa, and I think that he did not make the job we needed him to do in order to keep inflation low, uh, when you have to decide between him and, uh, Ma, uh, and Millet, there are no much choice. Like uh, I, I, I use in, in one of my articles a letter written by Trotsky uh, regarding the election of 1933 in Germany, in which he asked to, uh, the communists and the socialists to support Mr. Bruning because he said, we have uh, the, the absolute evil, which is Hitler, and on the other hand, we have a bourgeois politician, but at least he will not shoot us and, and kill us, all of us. So now we have to prevent Hitler winning the election. And this, the same reasoning went on and on in Argentina. Among many people, very progressive, but which were very angry with this government and saying, look, even if the, the other guy is uh, resembles Hitler, but he will not do what he says he wants to do. For instance, many people say, he's talking about that, but he's not doing that. Uh, they did not believe that, that Millet was serious. And Millet is serious. Millet is a fanatic, he's absolutely fanatic. Look, you know the story of the dog, of the dogs. He has four dogs, all the dogs have the name of some of these libertarians. The most famous is Rothbard, Murray. The, the name of one of the dogs. Uh, he believes absolutely what I wrote in a paper, a small article which uh, was published today. Look, not a single conservative government ever applied the ideas of libertarianism in America or in the United Kingdom. Not even Reagan, not Trump, not Margaret Thatcher, no one, because those are fancy ideas for a scholarly discussion. Greg, you know that in the, in the academia, many times, we are involved in, in very uh, Byzantine discussions, eh? like the, the sex of the angels, we say in, in Espanol, el sexo de los ángeles, se discute. It's a nonsense. Who, 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 who believes, really, that markets can properly work without some kind of state regulation? that markets alone, absolutely alone, because uh, uh, Millet repeat word by word, uh, Rothbard, when Rothbard says that the state is, a, is an organization to rob the, 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 the taxpayers, and he said exactly the same. Yesterday evening he said, if your salary, if your wages to solve, is because you have too much state. <laughs> and therefore, well, you know, those uh, in front of that dilemma, people said the people who were very, very bad in bad situation, they didn't care too much about what uh, Massa was saying because Massa should have 
solve the inflation problem before. Not promise that he will solve the problem of inflation when he uh, was president. That is is the, the 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 heart of the matter. But we are entering into a danger zone during the the next three months, Greg, because I think that Macri, who wrote a book called Second Term, which I read very very thoroughly. He said in the last chapters that we have to try again what we did, and, but it didn't come out well because we were very slow. Gradualism is, is fatal to a process of change. So now my, my fears are that Millet may make an agreement with the uh, people, the, de the representatives in the, in the Chamber of Deputies, okay, of Juntos por el Cambio, which is all this organization created by, by Mr. Macri, and approve two or three general laws, two or three general pieces of legislation. You, and on the basis of those legislation, an advance in dismounting, for instance, the labor legislation, the union legislation, social rights, minorities and all that. This is my fear. And in the first three months, many people will say, well, but let Millet rule the country to see what he wants to do. Uh, and I think those three early, next months, uh, the December, January and February, will be absolutely critical because he may get approved, approved some legislation which will be very, very favorable for him to introduce major reforms in the organization of the state, in the deregulation uh, of the economy, in the liberalization of the foreign trade, which produced huge amount of bankruptcies among the small and medium enterprises, which are the most important uh, sources of labor demand in, in this country. Hmm. Now, I want to turn to what um, a Malay presidency would mean for the region and also uh, what it might mean for Latin America's relationship with the United States. Uh, what do you think? Uh, how is that going to develop? Well, as I mentioned to you, to you he's a, a person with very strong conviction. He's a fanatic. He's a true believer, classic, the classic true believer, so much studied in the American political science, right? Uh, he will uh, reduce the contacts, he said, at least this is what he was boasted to say, that he will not deal with communist regimes. And uh, China is one communist regime, Brazil is also to him, Lula is a communist leadership. You have to bear in mind, Greg, that for Millet and the, the, the small sect of fanatics which surround Millet, uh, any form of collectivism is communism, okay? Any sort of uh, Keynesian politics, Keynesian politics is collectivism. He is a, a, a fanatic reader of The Road to Serfdom, the book by, by um, uh, von Hayek. You remember that book is, is dedicated to the collectivist of all uh, parties. Uh, well, he believed. So he will try to uh, reduce uh, the, uh, the relationship between China and Brazil. Uh, he said that the first visit of president will be to Israel. 
he will plan to move the embassy from Jerusalem, from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He is an, a, a real enemy of the Chinese, and this is, for instance, for for that reason, uh, Millet is a, a celestial music to Washington bureaucrats. For Blinken and Biden and all that, because he's a, a, a cold warrior against China. But my question is: Will he be able to go ahead in that program anti-China when China and Brazil are the first and second commercial partners of Argentina? What will be the reaction of the entrepreneurial leaders, the big corporations, which which have been supported supporting Milley, not to break the, 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 the ties with China, but to increase their business with China, which is one of the largest markets for Argentine products. Okay? And the same with Brazil. Uh, Argentina and Brazil economies are very, very strongly intertwined. Uh, therefore, I see that he will try to do that. But, go, uh, summing up the, the answer to your question, this will imply a weakening of the capacity of Latin America and the Caribbean to play a role in the international uh, chessboard, as Brzezinski used to say. Okay, uh, Brazil needed to have Argentina side by side in order to make a better negotiation with the great powers of the West and also with China, Russia and India. And now Lula is alone. And I am concerned also because Argentina was... Uh, accepted as a member of the BRICS, eh, which is a very important achievement of this government, and very likely Mr. Millet will decide not to accept the invitation and just slam the door eh, and going out of, of the BRICS, which will be a major, I would say a catastrophic mistake, mistake in terms of foreign policy. Eh, in addition, the people who are advising him in foreign policy, Greg, uh, are not uh, are students of uh, international relations 100, and all of them will be flanked in any examination because they don't understand absolutely nothing of what happened in the world. Absolutely nothing. So we are extremely concerned, as you can say, because given all my wordings of the situation. Well, we'll definitely continue to follow the situation, hopefully have you back again, um, but we'll leave it there for now. I was speaking to uh, Professor Atilio Boron, Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Buenos Aires. Thanks again, Atilio, for having joined me today. Thank to you, Greg. Um, uh, I'm sorry I was giving such a grim picture of the Argentine situation, but I hope that perhaps in a few months we could have a, a more enjoyable uh, conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you to our audience uh, for joining us on The World on Fire. Until next time.